All right, guys, welcome back. This is Nick. This is Faye. And this is Jeff. Korea. <laughs> 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 Love it. And this is Kriag's Over Coffee. Coffee. So today with us, we have Dr. Jeff Sperling, who is a third year maternal fetal medicine fellow at UCSF. Welcome, Dr. Sperling. Thank you very much. All right. So, Jeff, we kind of want to start off and say, you know, we're here in Las Vegas at SMFM. What are you most excited for at the meeting? Um, I'm just looking forward to catching up with old friends, seeing what the hot new research is, and going to the postgraduate courses. So, Jeff, we uh, our listeners are pretty interested in kind of hearing about the backgrounds of people who go into MFM. Can you tell us a little bit about, like, what got you interested in OBGYN and ultimately MFM and kind of what your current interests are in the field? Sure. Yeah, I, um, I was on my third-year clerkship at uh, UC Irvine, and I remember thinking, God, this is going to be such a drag. All of my friends who were going into orthopedics were like, the rotation's terrible, you're going to hate it. And I signed up for a GYN oncology because they were all surgeons and you needed to go, and if you're a guy, you had to go into a surgical rotation. And I just remember being blown away by the, um, both like the patients, the surgical stuff that was happening, and the, the character of the mentors within OBGYN. And I like, within a, a couple days, I was like, I got to do this. And I actually went into OBGYN with a plan that I was going to do GYN oncology because I wanted to be able to do, I felt like they could do anything, like they could operate throughout the pelvis, they could take care of end of life care, they could do chemotherapy, medicine, and I just was completely enamored by them. And so I went to programs for residency that had GYN oncology fellowships thinking I was going to um, match into that ultimately. And I only interviewed at places that had GYN oncology fellowships. And fortunately, those are also places that have maternal fetal medicine providers and MFM fellowships. And I ultimately landed at Women and Infants Hospital of Rhode Island or Brown, which was my top choice. And I was thrilled to be there. And I quickly realized that my passion was in maternal fetal medicine and obstetric care. And I just thought kind of better f- fit with my own interests a little bit better. I liked, I really loved, always loved genetics and imaging. And um, I had thought about doing pediatrics at one point. So kind of dovetailed with that more. And the mentors that I had at Women and Infants were um, superb. I My research mentor was Dr. Don Kustan, who, I mean, it goes without saying that he's like among the greatest minds in diabetes. And Dr. Werner and Dr. Rouse and Dr. Hughes and many, many, many others. And it, um, you know, framed how, like seeing people who were both practicing superb medicine and um, doing top-notch research and representing the field, I was completely enamored by it. So in my second year after my maternal fetal medicine rotation, I decided I wanted to apply. And... uh, yeah, and then I interviewed all over the country for fellowship, and I landed in San Francisco, both because I love the program, but I'm a Californian, and so, um, you know, that definitely drove my decision to be close to family. And now I'm starting a job in July at Kaiser in uh, the Central Valley, which I'm really looking forward to. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats. <laughs> Thank you. 
Yes, Jeff, with all of this stuff you've had going on and kind of the continued work that you do, what keeps you grounded? What, what do you do for fun outside of work? Um, I am married and have two kids, and that pretty much occupies uh, everything outside of the work. So I spend most of my weekends at the park and uh, going to uh, various museums and kids' activities, which is like, you know, most, like, I would say the most important thing in my life for sure. So, um, I used to surf. I wish, wish I still surf, but, um, it's far to get from the East Bay and to all, all the way to the beach, but I, I need to pick that up. Um, so yeah, spending time with family and friends is definitely like the most important thing. It's been interesting as I've like been thinking about the next phase for me is like, what really are your priorities and what matters the most to you? And how do you have a nourishing career in medicine because I think podcasts like yours are a perfect example that this kind of very traditional clinician research or teaching tract is not the only way to um, find happiness as a academician or you know even as a physician so uh, I'm excited to see where you guys go. Um, Any advice Jeff for people who are coming up and, you know, medical students who are going into OB-GYN or residents like us who are thinking about going into MFM or even for, you know, your junior fellows? I think that, you know, this is just like my professional advice, personal advice. I think uh, everybody's life is so unique. It's hard to give them input on how to manage all of that because people are playing their families and relationships. But I think professionally, if you put – you know, the mom and her newborn or, or her fetus in the, at the center of all of your, um, you know, sort of your, what you're thinking about if you're going into obstetrics or, if, or just women's health in general. I think if you put the patient first, it'll frame um, really a lot of what is important. So I think we often have our own egos and um, our needs and our, um, you know, lengthening the CV and abstracts and stuff like that in our that are the most important things to us. And I think if you really put the patient first, uh, it'll definitely keep you grounded and happy and it'll prevent you from getting burnt out, um, in my opinion. Because I think if you remember that you're what you're doing and why you're learning and why you're doing research is for that purpose, I think it will provide you with greater happiness. And to that end, as you're finding um you know, your path through it all, I think you really have to decide like what really is going to make you happy and do it for yourself and your patients first. And like whatever you're going to do, just pursue it with vigor. Um, because I think there's too many people in medicine in general that are clearly doing jobs that they don't really want to be doing anymore. And it's, it's hard in particular if you subspecialize to change course. What's the best piece of advice that you've gotten kind of going through residency, fellowship, et cetera? You know, I, I, I don't know if it's like a, like a one-liner, but I think uh, trying to listen more and just like hear um, about different approaches to doing things and, and be attentive to, um, I'm a talker. I talk too much and I don't listen to, um, again, the silence makes me nervous. So I think it's, that's an important thing is to just be cognizant of like everybody's input, make sure you're getting it all and that you... Um, don't drown out everybody else's opinions with your own banter, as evidenced by my excessive monologue. 
anything else you'd like to tell people about yourself, Chef, or, you know, about MFM or anything like that before we kind of, um, before we turn off the microphones? Um, yeah, I, I, one thing that in particular in MFM that I think is really important is that, um, to the, but I think the, the graduating MFM or those that are going into it is that like ultrasound is important and being good at it is important, but taking like high quality maternal care, I think is just completely, um, undervalued across the board. And, um, it's highlighted in the Society for Maternal Fetal Medicine meetings, but like when the rubber beats the road in a lot of practices, it's really become very fetally oriented. And that's great. That's like half of our specialty. But I really think that um, being an excellent internist, basically, a clinician to take care of maternal medical problems during pregnancy should be like one of our absolute top priorities because we often can't make a specific diagnosis of a fetal syndrome or fetal anomaly during pregnancy, but we certainly can take superb medical care of women advocate for them. Um, and then the other thing that I was going to say is that I, I think um, one of the things that we should continue to strive for and work for is, um, you know, uh, pl- helping women plan pregnancies and prevent them when they don't want them and help transition them to the next portion of their lives after childbirth and really make that smooth. And to do that, you have to have you have to work within your system and find out who your advocates are and your resources are. But like successful and smooth transitions of care are something that I think are really um, we're not doing a good job at right now. So I would advocate that you know, in addition to reproductive rights and family planning, that women um, have smooth transitions of care after their deliveries, so that they can take care of their newborn in a healthy, as healthy of a fashion as they can. That's my monologue. Stick into it. No, thanks again, Jeff, for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. What an honor. Right. So once again, I'm Nick. I'm Faye. And this has been Kriag's Over Coffee. If you like our podcast, go ahead and go on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, any other podcatcher that you may have, and go ahead and give us a five-star rating and review. You can find us online at www.kriagsovercoffee.com, or you can catch us on social media on Facebook at Kriags Over Coffee, on Twitter at Kriags Over Coffee for one. And additionally, you can sponsor us on Patreon if you're not a sponsor already at www.patreon.com slash Coffee. And if you want to hear about a specific topic on our podcast, if you have any corrections for us, or if you just want to say hi, you can email us at kriagsovercoffee at gmail.com. Mm-hmm.